Hello, beautiful. I'm so excited that you're here to join me on this episode of She's Crafted a Thrive. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are a loyal listener, thank you for showing up for another episode. So in this episode, I am super excited to have Morgan Neald on the show. I was introduced to her through the Handmade Seller magazine, but what really drew me to asking her to be on the show was her story and her willingness to be so vulnerable about sharing her journey with mental health. She is a former six-figure Etsy seller turned online business strategist who believes in her core that you can build a business that supports you, whether you're a full-time mommy working that nine to five or just looking for flexibility and freedom. She believes that you don't have to sacrifice your time to build a profitable business that you love. You just need to build it strategically. And that, y'all, like reading her bio is like such a feel good because me and her are so much aligned in our belief systems around running your business, right? Do what you can when you can and do it your way. That's what matters. So I love this conversation because Morgan, like I mentioned, is going to share her journey through this entrepreneurship and how that was really brought on as a coping mechanism as becoming a new mom, which, wow, right? There are so many things we talk about and so many layers we peel back. But most importantly, this episode is really dedicated, I feel, to the empowerment and the awareness building on mental health and how important it is for all of us, no matter what journey we are going through, whether we're building a business or starting one. So you definitely want to stay tuned. Welcome to She's Crafted to Thrive. I'm your host, Nikita Williams. And this show is for all the ladies who are making and creating things that they love. You will hear conversations about the real everyday struggles of juggling life and business while trying to maintain passion and harmony. As women, we have the skill of getting things done, but sometimes we get in our own way. It's here where you'll see that you're not alone. You'll discover that success does not mean perfection. Fear and negative thoughts and challenges are all a part of the journey. And on this podcast, you'll find the inspiration and tools you need to have a life and business that thrives. So this episode is brought to you and thankfully brought to you by The Handmade Seller Magazine, where artisan entrepreneurs can go every month to learn and read inspirational business stories from handmade sellers from around the world learn tips and tools of the trade and get updated on the latest industry news and get fresh ideas for the upcoming month. If you would like to show them a thank you for introducing us to these wonderful women like Morgan, go to thehandmadeseller.com and use the coupon code she's crafted to get 15% off. All right, let's hop on in. I'm really excited to have Morgan on the show because she did a magazine episode. I say episode. It's a magazine, Nikita. It's a magazine subscription for Handmade Seller Magazine. And she did an amazing article in there about mental health. And it was so vulnerable and so real and so raw and well-written like amazingly written that I felt like I got to know her really well. So I'm so glad to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that intro. Like, I feel like a rock star now. <laughs> Love it. I think everyone that comes on my show is a rock star. So you are definitely that, that definitely for sure. Awesome. So tell us who you are, what you do and who you do it for. And then we'll just like dive in. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm Morgan Neald. I started out selling on Etsy back in 2013 when my daughter was born as kind of a way to cope with some of the mental health challenges I was facing, which we will dive into later in this episode for sure. But I started my Etsy shop in 2013 and I built it up to multiple six figures over the next four years. And I started getting a lot of questions. Hey, how are you doing this? Like, how are you building up your Etsy shop so big? Like I sell an awesome product, but I can't get that kind of traffic or those sales. And so I kind of saw a potential interest in the market, like a gap in the marketplace there. And I tapped into that and I created my my personal website, which I run right now, which is morganneal.com that I essentially coach these creative people because so many Etsy sellers have all the creativity in the world, like way more creative skills than I have. I do not consider myself a particularly creative person. But the reason I was able to succeed on Etsy was because of the business and the marketing aspect. And that is what I teach now. That's kind of my special sauce. The creativity... It's not, (laughs) I'm not the best at it. I see so many sellers that have these incredible products and they just don't know how to market them because they've never had to do it before. And that's kind of where I come in. I fill that void. I say, Hey, let's take your incredible products and let's actually get them in front of people. And so now I coach Etsy sellers on how to build successful businesses through marketing systems and just understanding business and marketing in general. I love that. So we must be like connected in some kind of way. So like, so I love, I love creative people. Like I've always surrounded myself around creative people because I just think they're like awesome. Like mm-hmm. I would go to the markets. I would go buy all the things. I love the handmade. That's just love it. Like they're so cool. Yep. Right. But then at the side of it, I was like, yeah, I like to doodle. I like the draw. I love photography. I love very like artsy things. That's me. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm a creative, but not like a creative, like all the people that I work with too. I'm like, girl, I can't even, I can't even do that. Like, yep. <laughs> like <laughs> that I don't is even, me. <laughs> I, I, okay. That is wonderful. Like, that's amazing. And it's amazing, like talking with some of these women and they have such gifts, right? They're so talented and you're just in there going like, if I had an ounce <laughs> more of something mm-hmm. like that, it would be great as like growing into this space, like growing into coaching and helping women, what was your business like with Etsy when you first started? Because I feel like that's part of the thing that a lot of people are like, I'm going to start online, but I don't know how and why and how does this work? How does that, how did that look like for you? And you guys can find more about this in that the magazine on it's like September, 2020. Yeah. When you had that article written, And she talks a lot more about this, but I mean, now we're talking. So it's like, we can really get into it. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Let's not hold anything back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's like get into like, what, like, why did you start Etsy business in the first place? Yeah. So I, I worked in corporate events for, before I had my daughter. So I was a corporate event manager for a publishing company in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it was awesome. Like I got to schmooze with all the cool people and go to these book launches and parties and travel. And it was really awesome and fantastic. But I knew that when I had my daughter, I wanted to stay home and raise her just because that was how I had been brought up. And it was something that was important to me. And every family is totally different. That was just something that I felt like I wanted to do. Right. And so when I had her... She was a surprise pregnancy. Yay. Let's hold nothing back. When I had her in July of 2013, I basically, she came early. And so I didn't even have like my farewell party at work, which was kind of sad, but I was like, okay, this is it. We're done. I'm turning, you know, turning in my two weeks kind of. And 
everything was fine actually for those first two weeks. So it was fantastic. Like being at home, my husband was there and we were just getting to know her. And I mean, she was, she was intense. Like I'm not, I don't want to lie. Like she was a banshee for most of the first six months of her life. I'm not even kidding. A banshee? <laughs> oh yeah. That's like, seriously, we called her the banshee. Like she was. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard because I, we have a puppy right now and I just got done telling my husband that about my puppy. I'm like, she is a banshee. Oh, and oh, yeah. I don't know. And I was like, I think I'm the only one, but I'm so. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. how we introduce her as a baby to people. She was intense and she still is. She's just seven now. So it's, it's a, a different version of intense, but Wait, she. Sassy banshee. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, so it was like, that part was hard, but in terms of like how I was feeling, I was okay, I can do this. Like, this is going to be great. And staying home with her and, and taking care of her and just kind of adjusting to that new lifestyle. And then it, seriously, it was about two weeks postpartum on the dot. I woke up one morning and I felt like my world was over. Like I just completely felt like I was done. Like I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want my daughter. I didn't want, you know, my husband around. I didn't want anything. Like I was just, I was done. And I just felt this complete darkness just engulf me, which we later learned was postpartum depression. I didn't know anybody at the time that had struggled with that or that that was even a thing. So it was a mystery to us for quite some time, which we can talk about later as well. But I just became engulfed in this darkness. And I basically said to myself, I cannot devote 100% of myself to motherhood right now because it is, it's bringing me down. Like I need some sort of distraction because like for all intents and purposes, as wonderful as it was, I wasn't like this before as mother and becoming a mother brought me to this point. And so I wasn't feeling super warm and <laughs> fuzzy mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm the motherhood aspect of things. And so I said, I need, I need a distraction. Like I can't just do this full time and this cannot be 100% of my life or I am going to, you know, I'm going to lose my mind already more than I have. And so I started an Etsy shop. Like there's a long story of how we got there, but I decided, you know what, I am going to take the the marketing that I learned working in my events management position. And I actually studied a little bit of entrepreneurship in college just for fun. And I said, I'm going to turn this into something and I'm, I'm just going to try it. And I'm just going to try and create these products and get them up there and just have a distraction so that I wasn't just defined by my role in motherhood, which for me just felt really hard at the time. And so I created this, this Etsy shop. It was called Little Highbury. I even though I'm like, motherhood was not my thing. I sold baby headbands. (laughs) So I guess it was, I wasn't too far removed from it. Yeah. That was, but I sold baby headbands that I designed and the fabrics for, and then we get them printed. And then I would come back and make them. Like I said, I'm not super creative. These were not, oh my gosh, amazing life altering headbands. They're just headbands. But I decided to create those and, and just start up this business and kind of do that on the side. And I know so many people are like, did, didn't you take like naps during, you know, her nap where you were? And no, I worked on the business and not be, not to be like, oh my gosh, look at me. I'm so awesome. Because it was literally the only escape I felt like I had at the time. And so I created this business and it just took off like gangbusters. <laughs> so that's kind of how I started into Etsy as a way to cope. That's honest, wow. the honest truth. Yeah. I am feeling a little emotional about that. <laughs> like, I feel like that's how I started my podcast. Like this podcast started as like, I have to do something. I have to mm-hmm. connect. I have to figure out. I started this podcast shortly after I had my hysterectomy. I had always had a feeling like, you know, I knew having like chronic illness and stuff like that, like I knew it was going to affect me, but I didn't know it was going to affect me like that. I had always, my husband and I would always say to the doctors, yeah, I mean, we'll consider having a hysterectomy and we'll just adopt because that's the kind of people we are. We are just adoptive. That's something we wanted to do. But the when the time came and having a hysterectomy, 
Like that is a different reality than a conversation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh so I went through, I always tell people like, I don't know if this is a thing. And I probably should research this. But after I had my hysterectomy, my husband was like, I've never seen you that dark, like that dark. And I was like, I don't know. It feels like what I hear women talk about when they talk about postpartum depression. And I'm like, is this a reverse of that? Because I'm like, like, cause I wonder, I really do wonder, I wonder if there's a science or some doctor out there that's written some article or something, but I went through that very much. So like a very dark, like, who am I? Why am I here? Like, you know, now I'm not this woman. Like it was all these emotions that were wrapped into this thing that I did not think I would feel so attached to. And I kind of just was like, I need to get out of my head. I need to do something that I like to do, which what I like to, like, I know I excel at even before this happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, let me kind of go back to something that I know, right? And it was like connecting with women. I used to do a lot of networking events similar, like in the business industry. And so, you know, I was doing blogs and I was like, I hate writing and you are an amazing writer. So that was like, this is, that just made it worse. And I was like, I can't even write. I can't even write. And then it was like, my husband's like, why don't you do a podcast? And this is where it became what it is two and a half years later, you know, an amazing podcast where I'm talking to Morgan, you know? And so I love hearing stories when women are like, yeah, for me to cope with something so big, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so big. It's like, you know, I feel like there's this ju- judgment sometimes around like working or doing something like work, creating right. a business is work, you know, yep. but you enjoy <laughs> it. I'm like, but you enjoy it. But for you, it was like coping. And I'm like, wow, I have yet, believe it or not, I don't think I have a woman who's come on the show yet. And I've had lots of women who've said that. And it was just like, oh, that's so cool to hear. Like another woman's felt that. So I'm a little bit all the fields on that right but like when you decided to do that was that like was did you feel like a little bit of judgment from the people around you and or was it like you didn't even notice because you were just doing what you needed to do in that time to kind of cope no that is like such a good question and I feel like it's something that is ignored so often because people are like well just you know do what you got to do but there's so many outside influences that impact our decisions and And I, like I mentioned earlier, I was raised by a mom that was very traditional, stay at home homemaker, which was amazing. And I loved that so much. And when I said, you know what, I'm, I'm starting this business. This is how I was going to cope. I mean, she had plans for me. She had cleaning schedules she'd created for me. She had homemaking, like this is, we're going to print these and laminate. I mean, it was very nineties homemaker-esque, which is not a bad thing. It wasn't me. Right. Um, But she had all these fantastic homemaking plans for me and I was going to turn into her. And when I said, you know what, I, that's, I can't do that. Like I am losing myself in this and I need something that I can cling to. Just like you said, in my background before, like I worked in business, I did events, I planned and marketed. That was who I was. And I needed something that kind of brought me back to that. It kind of grounded me to some extent. And so there was a little bit of not pushback, I would say, but I would say a little bit of disappointment that I was choosing a slightly different path than maybe what she had anticipated for me. It wasn't a path that I anticipated for myself. Like I I thought I was going to be the full-time homemaker as well. So there was a little bit of disappointment in myself to some extent, which seems kind of weird, but it's just, it wasn't how I expected life to work out. But 
Beyond that, I was really lucky to have a pretty supportive network overall. And over time, my mom was like, this is the best thing that happened to you. And you just have to kind of, when you know in your heart that you need something and you need to do something for you, you you do it. And if people aren't agreeing, you know, that's, that's okay that they're not agreeing. You show them, you don't have to keep telling them this one. You show them that this is what you're doing and you show them the impact it has on you and, and they come around. Oh my gosh. Um, that's so powerful. So, Yes. Show them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to keep saying it over and over again. Just, just do. Yeah. Just do. do it. Oh, I love that. So when did you decide, okay, let's, I'm, I'm done with that. Like I'm done with the creative part because now you're our coach. So like, it's like, okay, yeah, that was fun. But now let's, 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 let's do something else. Yeah, no, for sure. So like I said, creativity does not run through my bloodstream like it does so many of my incredible friends. And I have different creative aspects to me, but I'm definitely not the the sewer, the painter, the right. soap molder. That's not my that's not my type. I would rather pay somebody. I'd rather pay these incredible Etsy sellers to make these products for me. So like I said, I did this Etsy thing for four full years, earning multiple six years every year. Like it got big. It got really big, really fast. And Around that time, I started to get people messaging me saying, Hey, I'm like curious, how did you build up this business? And I started to see that, like, it happened probably three to four times a week. I was getting messages from people not asking anything about my headbands. They just wanted to know how I was marketing and making the sales that I was. Mm -hmm. And I found that I absolutely adored and loved answering these questions. Like, I was writing whole novels and I was like, Sorry, I I know you just expected a quick answer, but here's my whole life history and here's how you're going to make it happen for you. Because I was just so passionate about it and so excited about it. And by that point, like I was obviously removed significantly from postpartum depression. There were some lingering effects that we'll talk about as well. But I felt like, I felt like I was, I had this fire like lit under me where I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to help people with that. And so I kept doing my Etsy shop, but I opened morganiel.com, which was about coaching Etsy sellers and helping them get those results. Because I was typing the same thing over and over again to these people. I was super passionate about it. But I was like, okay, everybody's asking the same questions. I'm saying the same thing. There's got to be a way to like optimize this um, for both of us. Yeah. And and so I decided, you know what, we're going to start doing that. And so I was running both of these in tandem. And that's another emotional aspect that I think a lot of people don't realize, like saying goodbye to your first business is a little, it's hard. Like it, this Etsy shop, I was clinging to it. This is what had saved me. I felt from my struggles with motherhood initially. And the idea of just cutting that off like felt like cutting off a limb. I obviously don't know what that's like, but that's kind of what it felt like. I I was losing part of me by doing that. And so I decided to run both of these at the same time and it worked for a while. And then I got another surprise pregnancy. It's so fun (laughs) with my son. They just keep popping (laughs) up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We always said, you know, we're one and done and that's fine. And then I found out I was pregnant with my son and like it was five years later after my daughter. And so we said, okay, we're embracing this. We're going for it. And I was still going to run both businesses. And then I got super, super duper sick. It's called hyperemesis gravidarum. It's what princess Kate has. If you ever followed the Royal baby <laughs> stuff, but I'm like, I've heard of it, but I think that's how I heard of it. Yeah. Princess Kate, she brought a lot of publicity to it. I did not get that level of publicity for which I am thankful eternally, but it basically just means that you are are sick for the full nine months and you spend a lot of time hooked up to an IV in the hospital and a lot of time in your bathroom floor. So we splurged on the quality toilet paper (laughs) 
some point, like that's how we cope. But I got really, really sick with my son. So while I was pregnant with him. And so I said, we got to the point where I was trying to fulfill orders in between puking sessions, essentially not to be too graphic. And my husband said, this has got to stop. Like you can't do, you cannot take coaching clients. You can't have this course you created and you're creating headbands for these babies while you're puking every five minutes. And so we decided, you know what, we're, we're going to, we're going to have to make a decision and I, it's one or the other. And because I wasn't in love with this idea of sewing yeah. headbands for the rest of my life, it wasn't my passion. We decided, you know what, we're going to focus all of our energy on morganail.com and we're going to put that Etsy shop in vacation mode, still teach people how to run their Etsy shops, how to build them up and get the results that we did, but we're not going to be actively doing it because I am one person. I personally, I just can't handle all of that and the puking at the same time. And so that's kind of how the transition fully happened where we went over full-time with morganneal.com. Wow. Oh yeah, it was gosh. a it was a messy it was a messy transition, but yeah. Imagine puking. I mean, I I have puked times in my life for multiple days, maybe months, but not like nine months. Like I can't uh, even. <laughs> I can't either. And I like look back at it, and I'm like, did that really happen? Did that really wow. happen? I'm like, nope. We got the hospital bills to prove it. Yeah, it oh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Wow. Yeah. First and foremost. That's amazing that you even kept the business going or even decided to do a business (laughs) like while all of that was going. So do you feel like through both of those kind of transitions, starting, pivoting, doing another business while living with what I would consider chronic, because technically the term for chronic illness is three months or more. And so (laughs) if you are going through all of that for, you know, from pregnancy one with the postpartum to now being pregnant and having chronically pregnancy, like, (laughs) like people need to come up with a term for that or something. (laughs) Like what was the mental health and like the grace that you have to give yourself going through those two things? Yeah. So my business definitely does not look like anybody else's business. Like I'll be the first to say, looking at business coaches and the courses and programs, the things they were asking me to do were just not possible for me and what I was going through, like not even close. I actually adopted, and it's from Amy Poehler in her book, good for her, not for me. And that was literally my lifestyle mantra during that time and still is. Like, I mean, it's on my wall, like (laughs) good for her, not for me. And it was just about giving myself grace that my business was not going to look like the single gal that, you know, lives in Southern California or whatever and has 12 hours a day to work on her business and can travel and speaking engagement. That was never going to work for me. It wasn't the lifestyle I wanted, but it also just wasn't feasibly possible for what I was going through either. One thing that I, I didn't mention, but the postpartum depression with my daughter, it lasted for 18 months, which is longer than it should have lasted. That's what happens when you don't get help because you don't know what's going on. So definitely if you are struggling with that, like please get help as early on as you possibly can. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't drag it out longer than you need to. But with that, like the lingering effects of just the, the anxiety, it was postpartum depression. And along with that, they don't talk about a lot, but anxiety comes as a package set with the whole thing. And so anxiety has been something that I've dealt with since my daughter was born. And I still deal with like through my son's pregnancy as well. But even after he was born, anxiety has just been something that has been present in my business. And that's just been kind of like, I don't know, I've had to grow my business around my anxiety. And one of the ways that I found to give myself grace is to understand that there are good days and there are bad days. Like there will always be good days. There will always be bad days. There's a lot of just kind of 
muddled gray days as well. On the good days, that's when I really focus on my business. If I'm feeling good, I'm going to pour myself into my business and do what I can. If I'm feeling really, really bad, there is no need for me to go into my business and feel like I have to be posting on chipper thoughts on Instagram, right? Or encouraging inspirational pictures and things like that. And it's just really about taking advantage of the days that I have that are good and making the most of them. Literally when I sit down to work, because I'm like, I'm feeling good. I feel like I can do this. I'm feeling pumped and motivated. And my anxiety is kind of in check. I don't hop on my computer and scroll through Facebook. Like before I even turn on my computer, I say, this is what I'm going to work on. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And then very intentionally and deliberately, that's exactly what I do. And then when I have my bad days, I don't have to feel bad because I've worked so deliberately on those good days, if that makes sense. And one thing also, like it seriously, I found that my mood and my anxiety tend to improve overall if I am actually accomplishing things in my business, because you can spiral really quick if you feel like you're not accomplishing things with your business and you're not Mm -hmm. actually making progress. And so taking advantage of those good days kind of helped overall the process feeling like, Hey, maybe I'm not having a great day today, but yesterday I did this and I did this and I did this. So I'm not just, you know, spiraling into nothing. So I found that that really helped my anxiety too. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's like one of those things, like, first of all, that quote by Amy, how did I miss that? Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) but it's true. Like, you know, probably looks nothing like most people's businesses, but your business probably looks more like my business because I'm the same way. Like, I cannot do half the things that these people are doing and all the time. And neither do I want to. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the other thing. Neither do (laughs) I want to be like that, be my life all the time. But I do love that you said that for you. It's just like creating the, like when you have the time to do what you need to do, that you can do it, like Mm -hmm. do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm a true believer too. I always tell people do what you can when you can. Like do what you can when you can. And then like, don't beat yourself up when you Mm -hmm. can't because you've actually accomplished it. Do you feel like that sometimes also gets you in trouble? Like, I don't know if you're like, some people are like, yeah, I did everything I can. And today I I really went hard for it. Like I really went all in. And then the next day I'm like, oh, maybe I should have pulled back just a tad because (laughs) now I'm feeling it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, to be honest, I've become so over the years, I've just had to become really intuitive and in check with my emotions. And if mm-hmm. I am pushing myself and, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm, cause I've had, you know, a, a good evening and I'll be honest, I'm not working on my business all day. Let me be straight up honest. I have two yeah, kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're doing that nap time hustle. We're doing the after time, like after yeah. bedtime hustle, that's my business. And so if it's, you know, I work from seven to 10, like those are my, primarily my work hours. And if I'm feeling good and I'm, it's 10 o'clock and I'm like, yes, I'm going to keep going. I don't. And even if I feel like it, I always stop at 10 and I've had to set that boundary for myself because I found that if I do push myself too hard, just like you said, it's that, that burnout the next day where you push yourself a little bit emotionally too hard. And, and it does take a, a toll on it, on your health. And you feel like, I feel like we don't, put as much emphasis on mental health as physical health and the, the inner relation that they have together. Like if you're emotionally not in a good place, physically, your body's going to respond to that and not be in a good place either. And I've learned that anything I do after 10 PM <laughs> comes back to bite me. And it's just something that I've learned about me. And it may be different for you. It may be different for whoever, but 
I can give myself, you know, from seven to 10. And then after that point, it's that grace. I'm like, you know what? My future Morgan is going to appreciate that I stopped right now. Yeah. And, and so it's just setting those boundaries and being really intentional about them has been something, but it's something that I've had to cultivate over the years. It's not just like one day I was like, 10 PM is when I stopped. It was okay. We figured it out. And I, I've taken steps to proactively realize where that kind of breaking point is. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. I'm not pushing myself to my breaking point, but, but I am, yeah, my limit, where yeah. my personal limit based on what I am going through emotionally and physically, like this is what I can can do and am capable of. Yeah, it's kind of like, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, I'm not pushing myself till I'm like, you know, drop dead on the floor. Yeah. But <laughs> I know what it is. Like when I was, I know this sounds crazy and Lord, I hope no police people are going to come get my parents. But when I was like, before I turned 21, my parents sat me down at the table and I was like, Hey, here's some liquor. We're going to see what's your limit. Like, when is it you need to stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so you're like, not like passed out somewhere. And like, I don't right. know. Right. And so it was like, uh-huh. it's the same thing like what you're saying, like know yourself so that when you get to that point, you're like, okay, that's it. You know, I need to stop. And it's not that you're, you know, let's figure that out before it's too late. Yep. And it goes back to that good for her, not for me thing. There are people that can work into the wee hours of the night. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So who or what inspires you? So I am, I wouldn't even say that there's like one single person that inspires me. I would say anytime I see a mom creating a business, I am like, you go girl, because I know what it takes. I know the blood, sweat and tears, like sometimes literally that go into creating that when you are dealing with raising a family as well. And I also, I have such, obviously from my background, such a a passion and an an inspiration that I find in women that are struggling with their mental health challenges. Like that's been something that just resonates with me because I know what it's like to have those really crappy days where you just can't show up for life, let alone your business and random people on the internet. And the fact that these people, they struggle with these things, but they keep going. They don't give up. They don't throw in the towel. They don't call it quits they get up the next day, you know, yesterday was a bad day today. We're going to try again. And you just keep trying. And it's those people that don't give up, even though life throws things at them and it's not the ideal setup and it's not the ideal like situation to build a business. Like when you have kids, you know, coming in and out and in and out all the time and needing things and, and dealing with mental health challenges where you are stuck inside your own head. Like those are things that can discourage so many people. And when I see women especially women that are business owners dealing with these things and then saying, you know what, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to make it work. That to me is the most inspiring thing in the world. And that's why I do what I do. Yes. 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 I love that. Like, like, yes, yes, yes. It's, I don't know. I am sure you do then. Then you must follow Heather Crabtree. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm not a mom, but Every time she shows up, and not only is she, you know, just really great at what she does, she has kids who are not only just kids, they're going through health challenges. And so I was doing a challenge with her one day, and she just showed up, like, in, like, the mom wrap and everything. She didn't have makeup on, but she was just (laughs) showing up and just like, yeah, and, you know, my oldest daughter. And I was just like, I wish there were more women who embraced that to be okay, to be a reality, right? Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of this, which adds to the whole 
cycle of mental health, right? Like it adds to this mental health of like, but everyone's so perfect. Like, but nobody's perfect. Like mm-hmm. there's no perfect anything. And so when women show up like that, and when you, Morgan, come and share your story, I'm like, yeah, I did a six-figure Etsy, but... I deal with all these other things too, like, you know, and There's I was a crap fest behind the scenes. Guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, like, it's just, to me, it's just more empowering to hear those stories and realize that that's a thing. And that's part of the reason why I have this show is just so that we can hear like, look, these pretty things that we see on Instagram and all the things that are, we're seeing like literal reels were real. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, 15 seconds of people's lives and not the 24 hours of whatever just happened. Right. You know, the 5.30 like, wake up with the sick baby. And right? the, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not seeing that. And we don't even talk about it enough as much mm-hmm. as we talk about the success, right? We talk a lot about the success, but we don't talk about like what it actually took, what fight, what grit, what all of those things that it take, did it take to get mm-hmm. to where you're, where you are now and where you're going to go. Like, it's not just one place. It's multiple destinations that you're (laughs) heading because we're not stagnant people. So I just love that, that you're inspired too by other women's journeys who are just living their lives. So we kind of touched on this earlier about mindset, but what are some mindset things that you've had to kind of cultivate or shift while you're going through this journey, this dirty mom life, wife, yeah, all of the things. I, I think the biggest one, honestly, has been balance. So we are like, I feel like as a people, we're trained to be seeking out balance in our lives and things like that. And especially as a mom, as a business owner, as somebody that struggles with mental health, we need to find that, you know, that perfect balance. And I've learned, I mean, I've been selling online for over nine years now. I did dabble before my daughter was born. Just like <laughs> if anybody's doing the math, I did dabble. I was not great at it. And it wasn't until I went into it intentionally that it really took off with my Etsy shop. But I've been selling online for nine years and I've been trying to find that balance for nine years. And I'm here to tell you the balance does not exist. Like I talk with women every single day, my, my mentors, my students, my coaches, my friends, nobody has that balance. It's just a give and take situation. And that's just how it is. Some days your family needs you to be there way more than your business does. And so you adjust, but that's not how it is every day. Some days your family's fine. The kids are at school. Like you've got a free day. You don't have a, you know, errands to run. Great. We focus more on the business. There's no such thing as balance. It's just about giving and taking and being in tune with what's going on in your life to know where you need to give more and where you can take from and just adjusting constantly. And that's the thing about life that's wonderful and terrifying at the same time. It's never constant. You just have to be willing to not just go with the flow, but make those adjustments as needed. And that's how you build your life. That's how you build your business. If you are trying to find that 50-50 balance, it, it doesn't exist, right? Or even the 80-20. It's just, it's always going to be ebbs and flows in both areas. And you just have to learn how to embrace that. I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things to embrace that, that that's how it's going to be and accept that and then make the most of it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Cosine, yes, I agree. All of the things you just said, I, I totally agree with you. I think, yeah, that's another thing that that we don't hear a lot about. One of my earlier podcast episodes, I had a woman on the show. Her name is Gina. And she said, you know what? I think about it as harmony. 
versus balance. And I was like, that's been my thing ever since she said that because literally that's what it is, right? Because you, I mean, there's really no, like just my mom and my grandmother used to say when, before I got married, they're like, you know, in a marriage, you know, there is no 50-50. Like there is no 80, like there is some days you have to give a hundred percent because that other person cannot, they can't do it. Right. And there are times where it's 80, 20, 80, 30, like, like whatever the percentage is, Mm -hmm. there's never really a balance. There's more of this melding of figuring it out. And you said it so well, it's like some days are this and some days are that. And you kind of pivot in those different ways, but it's kind of, to me, it just feels like, like that word harmony is actually more of the explanation of finding work life harmony versus no I'm stealing that right right? (laughs) I am stealing that right now that is perfect that is the best that's perfect way to describe it like I've never been able to put it into one single word and that is it yeah because yeah anyone who's listening and most of the ladies who listen either have families have Mm -hmm. kids or have kids have families or don't and have chronic illness Mm -hmm. and the idea of balance sounds ridiculous Yep. Because if you think of balance, you think of like a scale and you're like 50, 50 and like, there's no way, like Mm -mm. there's no way. And by the way, the scale is screwed. Like (laughs) the scale needs to be thrown out anyway. Like it just doesn't just throw it away. Just, just, just get rid Mm -hmm. of it. So I think how you said it was beautiful and that I always like to share that with people who are like, yeah, the balance thing is not really a real thing. It's finding harmony. Right. And that means you just have to be more intentional. And I think that's a part of the journey of like with mental health, would you say that being more intentional about things helps with all of the things? Yeah. And I I feel like we look at mental health as like this negative thing, which it can be. And it's definitely not a walk in the park. But it can also be turned, I mean, you can spin it to be a positive thing as well, because I deal with anxiety on a daily basis, because I dealt with that postpartum depression. Not only am I empathetic towards women that struggle with those things, but it means that I am being, just like you said, intentional with the time that I do have. I am able, because I know that I'm not going to have, you know, 10 good day, great, fantastic days in a row. I know there's going to be some pitfalls there. And so when I do have one of those good days and I am able to work on building this business, you better believe that I am going to be serious about building a business. I'm going to get way more done than the person that's like, oh, I can just do it tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow. And so as negative as maybe the mental health challenges may feel in the moment, they can be this force for amazing, amazing progress in our business because we take what we have, like what we're given and, oh, I'm given a great day. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm not just going to you know, scroll aimlessly through Instagram or Facebook, I'm actually going to sit down, be intentional because I don't know when a day like this, when I feel like this is going to happen again. And so for that, it's it's been helpful to see that there is a positive spin to dealing with these chronic chronic illnesses. Like there can be slight positive spins as well. And we can look at it, you know, as the worst thing ever or also as an opportunity to maybe rework some things in our lives. Yeah, I call it, I call it our superpower because it helps us to shape shift throughout the world. Yes. Like it helps us to literally recreate the things that are our limitations, but can become our greatest opportunities. That's what I feel like it does for us. And you're so right. The compassion level, when you have to be compassionate with yourself, 
right? Mm-hmm. And you have to have that grace and understanding with yourself. You look at people who may not have gone through those things or may not understand that or may not have had that time yet in their life. And I say yet because everyone does have something. Yes. That comes. Like it <laughs> might look different, but it's going to come, right? Yep. And I do think sometimes if you've had something for a very long time, like you and I just dealing with something for a very long time, you just look at the world differently. Yes. And you have a different perspective and it doesn't feel so scary because it's like, Hey, I've been through worse. Like, like yeah. <laughs> I've been through Throw it worse. at me. What you got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, for nine months I was throwing up. So I'm good. If like, if the blog post doesn't go out today, I'm good. Like, you know, see, like, <laughs> yep. things in perspective. Like, it's just like, yes. Yeah. Like my husband was putting poop in test tubes after a week of us being married. I'm good. Like, yep. I'm like, <laughs> There's not worth it. That was not our challenge, but I hear you. (laughs) You That's me. Like, like, that's me. I've talked about that multiple times, but like, it just puts things in perspective. So the idea of this world of like, just having to be perfect and having to be on, it just shifts things for you. And so I love that you are sharing that as well. Just like, you know what, do what you got to do when you can do it. What are some like, are there any tools in your business that help you or things that you do for you and your life and your business that allow you to even more lean into being, you know, if this is not going to get done, then this happens or like, are there other things like that for you? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned it earlier, but one of the best like tips or tricks that I have found and implemented there's two of them. So the one that I mentioned earlier was being intentional. Like before I even begin to work, if I'm like, Hey, it's seven o'clock. I'm going to, you know, kids are in bed. We sent our kids to bed so early guys. It's like the best thing ever. And they're just trained and they're just like, yeah, we're good. Good night. You know, I don't even know how we lucked out into that, but it's seven o'clock. You know, the kids are in bed. It's time to work before I ever open my laptop because I am totally a couch laptop worker. I am not sitting at a desk person (laughs) unless I'm doing a podcast interview. I make sure like I go through my head and I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. And this is what I need to do. Because if I just open my computer and there's, you know, 10,000 Chrome tabs open at a time, I'm going to get distracted and I'm going to waste a whole hour before anything happens. And so going in really intentionally with one or two, I mean, three is pushing it. I would say one or two things that I'm going to work on has been so helpful because I know exactly where I need to go when I open my laptop instead of being distracted by all the shiny things. Yeah. So that would be like number one. And then the other thing is I dealt emotionally. And I think a lot of us do with fear of failure in business. And that's one of the scariest aspects of of business. And that's why so many people don't choose to run their own business. They don't want to fail, which is totally understandable. But I had, and it was actually within like the past two years that I had this kind of mindset reframe. I had had a launch that went, it went fine, but it didn't go as great as maybe the last one had. And I was feeling a little bit discouraged. We tried some new things. It didn't work. And so I felt like a failure. And I was talking to my husband and he was like, I don't see this as a failure. I see this as we ran an experiment. We tried something different. It didn't work as well. And now we know, like we've learned from that. And the word experiment really struck with me. Everything in business is an experiment. It's not pass or fail. You know, if you don't do well on this, that's it. Game over. You're done. Like there's no kicking you out of business or anything like that. It's just all a big experiment and trying new things and putting yourself out there. And all that becomes so much less scary when you're just looking at it as an experiment. I'm going to gather data from this. I'm going to understand, you know, what's going on and and make educated decisions moving forward. But I can't be so scared to take action because I'm afraid of failing. No, 
we look at it as an experiment, a way to gather additional data for our business, like very logical approach. And that makes it a lot, a lot more fun to be honest, but also a lot less scary to just try new things and see if they're going to work or if they're not great, then we get rid of that and we bring in something new. And just that experimentation aspect of business has really changed the way I've approached things. So I love it. You're so right. I was just talking with someone about the same thought, like, don't let failure stop you. Like yeah. it's just, especially when it comes to business, everybody's still trying to figure it out. That's why I always joke with people. <laughs> I'm like, even the people who are maybe like at the top one, two, three percent of whatever industry, they're still trying to figure it out too. Because there's a new level when you get to that level. Like, what do you do? You don't. You can't do the same thing that you mm-hmm. did at level down here. Like, it's all learning. It's all experiment. I love that. So that's beautiful. I love that. I'll have to keep yeah. that in my mind too for experiments. I love it. I do well, too. <laughs> I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing more about your story and just like how you've built this life and how you're continuing to build it. Do you have anything new and exciting that's happening or things that's going on that you like to share with us that we can, you know, find you on and support you with? Yeah. So I'm, like I said, I'm over at morganneal.com. And actually, I feel like every four years, I like make slight adjustments and pivots in my business. Like I had my daughter and that was my first one. And then I had my son and that was my next one. And like, I'm getting to the point where we're making some more adjustments and actually just on the horizon, which is exciting. Like I've been coaching Etsy sellers for three, four years now, and it's been so incredible, so amazing. And we're still going to do that, but tapping less into physical products and and building more digital assets. Because one thing I've noticed in my business as I've grown it is that when I was selling physical products, like more orders, more revenue meant I had to spend more time filling orders. (laughs) It was less time with my family. Yeah. And so tapping into that, that passive income has been such an incredible thing for my business and for my mental health challenges as well. And so we're going to like this year, like my goal is to simplify business for these incredibly creative women and let them know that, you know what, you don't have to physically make and ship every single product to make incredible revenue online. There are like talents and skills that you already have like you already have, these aren't skills you have to learn. They're skills you already have inside of you. They're just bursting to come forth and we can turn them into these digital assets for your business that you can sell over and over and over again. So we can grow your income without growing your workload. And that's really where like my focus in 2021 is because 2020 was rough, right? And we all had to make so many adjustments and pivots and just changes to what we would normally do just because we had to. And my goal for 2021 is to make business as simple as possible so that we can roll with those punches and those challenges that come up as they do. So that's what we're doing in 2021. (laughs) Hey, hey, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it because yeah, you're so right. They are so, y'all are awesome. Y'all are listening. So y'all are awesome. So yes, so many gifts to, to be listening and to be putting into the world. And I think you're great. So where can we find you online? Yeah. So I'm at Morgan Neal. So M-O-R-G-A-N-N-I-E-L-D. I never used to have to spell my last name and then I got married. And now I have to all the time. It used to be Gates. Nobody gets Gates wrong. They just ask if you're related to Bill and then you say no and they move on. Neil's a little bit more challenging, but I'm morganneal.com over there. I'm Morgan Neal on Facebook. We have a, a private Facebook group. 
like just a free Facebook group community where I hang and spend a lot of time with creatives, teaching them ways to simplify their strategies. And I'm also the Simplify Your Sales podcast over on iTunes. I love podcasting, which is why I was so excited to be on this podcast. I just love chatting about experiences and teach what I love and know and, and helping people simplify their businesses. So awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a fun, fun chat. Yay. I, that's, you know, that's my goal. <laughs> awesome. All right, ladies. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Morgan and I, and we want to say a special thank you again to the Handmade Seller Magazine for connecting us and helping us to learn even more about this wonderful woman in the world. If you would like to learn more about her, Morgan, or about the Handmade seller magazine, please visit our website at sheedscrafted.com to visit show notes on how to connect and purchase from the handmade seller magazine and get our code for 15% off as well as how to connect with our guest and speaker Morgan. All right, ladies, I hope you know that you are beautiful and yes, you are crafted to thrive.